Welcome back to Experiences Word Podcast. I am Robert Capuano, and with me today is Andrew Brunette. Hello. That's right. That's (laughs) right. And uh, we are here. We're excited as ever to dig into some amazing content today to make sure that Jesus receives all the glory, the highest honor, that his preeminence is always paramount. Yeah. And uh, if God the Father could speak, if God the Father could preach, if God the Father could take the pulpit, it would be about his son Jesus. Yeah. In the in the heart of God the Father is this phrase. Jesus preeminence is always paramount. It's always number 1. Yes. And um everything So we're here. Everything you see God do in the Bible is yep. meant to exalt Jesus. It's meant to exalt the Son because that's the only way to the Father. That's it. You know. That's it. And ah, uh, it's And we're we're yeah. here for it. We are we're here, here for, for it. Yep. Absolutely. We have, as it says in John 6, I think it's 45, Jesus says, all who have learned and heard from the Father come to me, Jesus yeah. speaking. Wow. And um, we've seen God the Father exalt his son. We've watched him through the course of the scriptures. And he obsesses about Jesus all the time. And we learned how to exalt Jesus from God the Father. That's my favorite. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> that's where we learned it's, it from. It's a divine dance. That's that's how, uh, whenever I went to school, uh, how uh, some of my uh, my professors described it. It's just like, yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're in this like divine dance with each other. And it's it's just, yeah, it's beautiful, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it but, is. But yeah, and uh, if you haven't yet, make sure to, Obviously, go check out uh, the story part four uh, because that is a definitely, especially part four, that's definitely a good precursor uh, into this one because we're going to be diving more into some end time stuff um, that Robert, I'm sure, is going to navigate like a hot knife through butter. Like, <laughs> yeah, th- this is uh, this is stuff that I even like today. I have some questions on, but Robert, uh, Robert's going to make it very clear and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, uh, of course, please go check out uh, the Experience His Word website, experiencesword.com. Uh, there's a bunch of different resources there. Robert created it himself. Um, tons of revelations, tons of things that you can use uh, to really just deepen your understanding of the Word, your understanding of Jesus, and, um, yeah, your understanding of how paramount his preeminence is for the lack of a better phrase you know uh because that's what we're about here so uh yeah um but yeah i'm I, man i'm ready to go <laughs> me too i'm so ready let's pray yeah um and let's get into it you ready let's do it father we come into your presence through the powerful name of your son jesus and we thank you for your son Primarily, we thank you, Abba, for your son, Jesus. And it is such a joy to thank you for him, the gift of all gifts, the treasure of all treasures. It's your son, Jesus. And Lord, we ask um, in the power of the Holy Spirit that you would cause us to speak clearly, deliver your truth um, in such a way where the mind and the heart 
are vibrant, full of just close connection, affection for your son. And Lord, we thank you so much for the people listening. We bless each person now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for your great love, your affection. And uh, as we look into these things today, Lord, we ask that you would be the one opening up these things to us. And Lord, I've, I've gazed into these things before, but I want to see your son afresh in his glory in new ways that I've never seen before. As we pray for fresh revelation, even on the fly. We love you so much. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's get it, dude. Let's oh, go. Man. Okay. So here's the conversation. Um, we ended off last time, episode eight, talking about Jesus was raptured. Yeah. We believe in his ascension, and uh, on his last day on this earth, he's in his resurrected immortal body that can never pass away, and yes. it's it's physical. It's yes. immortal, spiritual, and it's physical. Yes. Because remember, he ate the um, the fish when he's resurrected. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we, um, also, we also talked about uh, <clears throat> how, again, we, we've talked about this in the last couple, but you know, where the head goes, the body goes as well. And so yep. as Jesus is resurrected, we are resurrected with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that final day, you know, the ones who are asleep will rise first in Christ. And then the ones who are still here, uh, whether that's me or whoever or whatever, uh, whenever that day comes, uh, that we will rise with them. And so that's again, right. where the head goes, the body goes as well. That's the major key. Yeah. If somebody mm-hmm. grasps the, and the understanding of the way that the Lord made human anatomy is that wherever the body goes, or the head follows. Wherever the head goes, the body follows. Yep. And wherever the body goes, the head goes as well. And so um, that is crucial. Okay. So on our last day on the earth, um, we will be raptured as well because that's what jesus was prophesying on his last day yes on the earth when he's taken up in his supernatural immortal physical spiritual body yeah and we will be changed in an instant second resurrection and we will raise off the planet into the clouds just as jesus was identical yes where the head goes the body follows jesus was prophesying on his ascension day yeah come on he was about his body because his body lifts off the earth okay so now what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the cross and we're going to basically give a sh- run through of um, view of the end times in a general whole, all using all the building blocks we did thus far mm-hmm. in uh, the story part one, two, three, four, and five. Is today six or is today five? Today is five. The story okay. part five. Yep. Okay. So... Um, we had a lot of building blocks, everything was building, and it amounts to this, what we're going to do now. So let's go back to the cross. Um, at the cross is a major strike against um, the kingdom of darkness. Huge strike. And massive strike. Yeah. And so the final strike is when Jesus returns. Yes. And he um, obliterates the enemy like yep. a fire forever. Yep. And so... Um, but on the at the cross is where the enemy tries to take out Jesus, and in doing so, he loses. Yeah, because Jesus always wins. So 
Jesus trumps. Jesus is untrumpable because he trumps the enemy. Yep. And what happens at the cross is an interesting thing. Biblical language is that Satan is ready for it. I'm ready. He's bound. Yeah. Okay. Now, when he's bound or struck or hindered or... um, I'm sure there's a... Uh, other language for it but he the gospel is going forth into the earth and um we said in the other episode that god has satan on a, 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 a on a leash. leash yeah, yeah on a, a freaking leash because it's so it's so true you know we like even um and we were talking about uh whenever uh this is so cool but we mentioned this in the last episode when judas goes to betray jesus um, he yeah. him to kiss and that word kiss in the Greek in that context means to equip. And so it's like Satan is like in a way manipulating Judas to betray Jesus, you know, like, okay, right. Betray Jesus. Here's 30 shekels of silver. And, but not realizing that he's actually, Judas is actually equipping Jesus in the flesh to go to the cross and actually setting up for our salvation. And so amazing. In the end, it's like, it's Jesus. He's the one in control. He knows what he's doing. He's got Satan on a leash. Yes. Yeah. So so he, at the cross, Satan is bound and hindered and struck and disarmed. And um, what you have is, is that sort of language. Mm-hmm. Jesus is resurrected three days later, and he then ascends uh, 40 days after being on the earth. Yeah, he ascends. He's at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, here's where it yep. gets really amazing. Now we're picking up. We haven't gone here yet. This is new content for the for the podcast. Jesus, when he ascends, he ascends to the right hand at the throne of God. Yes, where he's currently seated right now as we're speaking. Okay, from that throne of where he's seated, he then sends forth the Holy Spirit to yes. be in the body. Yeah. The third the person Sp- of the Trinity to be in That's the right. body. Your body, 1 Corinthians 3.16, your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. That's right. Yep. And whenever he, because remember, Jesus, uh, remember when he flips the tables and he um, uh, gets angry, he's got the whip. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, and he literally says, it says he cleanses the temple. Yeah. Well... Jesus would be whipped. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And and for our tables cleansing. tables made of wood. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, he's nailed to a wooden cross, he's whipped. And that's how he cleanses the temple yeah. with wood flipping wood and a whip. Cuz we are the temple, right? We're the temple for the Holy <laughs> Spirit. Yeah, he Oh, it's so good because Jesus, that's it. Like has, he, he invades our hearts, and even like to this day, it's like he invades our hearts and he cleanses us. Like he, you know, he we he gets all the gook out. Right? Yes, and oh, that's so good. It's um, as First John chapter one says, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. So th- that's what this means. The only way for the Holy Spirit to be inside of the body, people is for a hundred percent of your sin to be removed for eternity. Yes. Yeah, because yep. Wait, that's that's actually so that's actually so 
freaking crazy because uh, I'm thinking back at like in like the tabernacle and the holy of holies, and you know like the presence of God and where it dwelt, and it can only like dwell somewhere that's like that's perfect, right? It's yes, yeah. And book of Habakkuk, yes. in book of Habakkuk, God's eyes can't look upon evil, and so of course, oh my gosh, that's even better, right? Because like. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, again, the third person of the Trinity, lives in us, and it's like, wait, but God's, you know, God's eyes can't look upon evil. And so we're cleansed. He doesn't see us as evil, therefore he lives in us, right? right. It's, right. it's so good. And I even think of, like, I also just thought of, um, I think it's Psalm 127, it's a, it just talks about how the Lord watches over you. And it's like, wow, that's crazy. Because if he watches over you, but he can't look upon evil, that means when he looks at you, he does not see evil. He can't. Come on. Come with, because of the cross. It's so Because, because the, the blood of Jesus Christ was actual literal payment. Yes. When you pay for something, yep. it's been paid for, done deal. Yes. That's and so good. we've been paid for. We have our payment. It's Jesus. And because the temple has been cleansed for the believer, all you have to do is simply repent of your sin, turn from it, and keep turning from it, and keep hating your sin, walking yeah. away from it. Hit the reset button often, because we mess up often. So hit the reset button often. Remember, it's an honor for the Lord that we would hit that reset button and repent and keep turning. Turn That's to Jesus. So good. And here's the major key. Trust that the only way, period, the only way for us to have all of our sin, past, present, and future, removed from our life account, even on the day of judgment, removed from our life account, is to trust in what he's done on that cross. Yes. Sacrifice on that cross was enough. Yeah, it's one thing to actually hear about it and learn about it and maybe even believe that it happened, but it's a whole other thing to actually make it personal and trust that it's enough. Because That's right. Sometimes we tend to live like the cross wasn't enough, you know? And usually like like if I if I'm living dirty, then I believe I'm dirty, right? And vice versa. Right. And so it's like if I'm living such a sinful life and I'm still committing the sin, it's like do I really believe that like my sin was washed? You know? Mm. Do I really believe that it was enough? You know, do I really if I wake up and I'm constantly asking for forgiveness and forgiveness because if I ask enough, then maybe his he'll actually forgive me. And if I have that mindset, it, it's like, do I actually believe that the cross was enough? One and yeah. done. He yeah. cleansed our sins once for all. One That's and right. done. You know? Hebrews chapter 10. Yeah. Once and for all sacrifice. And, uh, the temple has been cleansed. So yeah. if you're a believer, you're trusting in Jesus, his sacrifice, not your works, but right. what he's done, his works. You're trusting in that for the, to be the only way for your sin to be removed from your life account. Um, praise God. You've got God's highest favor. It can't get any higher for you. Yeah. You'll always be accepted before his throne, no matter what, before you behaved good and before you behaved bad. Yeah. Or should I say this? Should I say, before you behaved good, you have his highest smile, his greatest smile. Wow. And after you behaved badly, you have his highest smile. Yep. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. It's yeah. because Romans 8 verse 1 is legit. There's no condemnation. Let me take it a step farther. There's no hint of God's condemnation. Wow. For those that are in Christ Jesus. 
Praise God. Come the gospel on, is so powerful. The so that's news. the reason. Yeah. That's it. It's the good news. That's the reason why he sends forth the Holy Spirit to be in the body. Now remember, the Holy Spirit, he's always omnipresent. God's always omnipresent. Yeah. And so he's everywhere at all times. Yep. So he gets sent into the temple of God, which is the church, capital C, the people. Yes. And that's because the sacrifice was enough that so Jesus good. did. Amazing. Now that's that's such a huge, massive deal. Every mo- remember every move Jesus makes. Yeah. Him sending forth the Holy is powerful. It's massive. Yeah. There's nothing we and we talked about this in the last episode too. You know, there's nothing that Jesus does that isn't like huge like it's like like yeah. everything even like gosh even just like he could walk through past like a crowd of 200 people just look their way <laughs> not say anything and it's massive because it's he's massive. he's looking at them with the eyes of a loving god who wow. sees them for who they are and so it's <laughs> yeah it's so good it's so he, huge. there's there's the creator of the milky way walking through the marketplace dude imagine bro <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it would. You know, it's funny because I, I always say, I'm like, man, it would be so sick to actually go back and see Jesus in the flesh, uh, you know, during that time and see like what that was like. And then I'm like, wait, hang on, he's literally here, like he's alive, yeah. he's yeah. alive, he's not dead, like he is, he's here, and we've got the right. Holy Spirit, and it's like, wow, like that's, it's wild <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah. All right. So you ready? I'm ready. Him sending forth the Holy I'm Spirit. Sorry, I'm sorry, just laughing because we're like we're like 18 minutes in, and it's like all right, now we're ready to go. Like, <laughs> all right, it's time to go. Anyway, is, go ahead. Yep. I love the gospel, man. So, so good. good. We can't we can't talk about it enough. Like we really can't. You know. So it's probably really personal for a lot of people who are listening um, that the Holy Spirit being sent forth. They probably a lot of people um, in our culture, um, church culture, have. Um, grasped a hold of a good amount of times, Pentecost and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit um, and all that. And so it's probably a deep personal connection here because we've grasped that. But the ascension of Jesus, we haven't really, that's not culturally um, relevant often right. for us. And that hasn't been personal to us for a lot of people um, just because our church culture. So, but the cross has been very personal deeply. Absolutely. Um, and so now what I want to do is I want to um, remind us here, we've got the Holy Spirit is now in the church, the believers. Yeah. And and where is Jesus? He's at the right hand of the Father. Yeah, he's, alive, he's currently, currently in heaven. seated. Yep, at the right yes. hand of the Father. Okay, so get this. You've got the Holy Spirit, bink, inside the life of the believers. Yep. And anyone that would receive him as a free gift, just like Jesus, would just, that's it. You, you, you are saved. You have the Holy Spirit cleansed, filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So now, this is what's amazing, is that we, I'm going to share this and then we'll, we'll pause and, and we'll keep going from there. But, but check this out. It's intuitive because every believer intuitively knows what I'm about to say is true. Mm-hmm. And it's because whenever you simply worship, whenever you go into worship or a place where you're worshiping the Lord, what you're doing is what I'm about to say, is you've got a forever connection with the Lord 
Jesus Christ to the throne of God. It says in Hebrews, it says we approach the throne of grace. Yes. And we all have access to that throne of grace. Now, is that throne of grace a physical throne? You, you know, you're in your house and you can touch it? Well, well, no. I mean, you can't touch it right now. I mean, you will be able to, but... Right. But right now, you, you, you can't touch it. But it says in Hebrews, we have access to the throne of grace. Right. So whenever you're worshiping and you go, Lord, I worship you. You're high and lifted up, seated on a throne... We always have access yeah. to him. Yeah, you could be in a room full of a thousand people and it'd still just be you and him. That's like That's the right. beauty of of the cross and the tearing of the veil, you know, like we have access. We have we can have a relationship. And I think that's so beautiful. You know, just that like is. like you can it, it's great to have that time alone, you know, in your mm. in your closet, but like you can have you can find that secret place whenever you are in the midst of at work even right even just like at work like you can close your eyes and access i can access the throne of grace while i'm sitting on my lunch break at work and there's people around me doing whatever and probably wondering what the heck i'm doing but i can sit and access it and it's it's amazing and it's beautiful and like that that's that was not a thing (laughs) you know like that was that was not a thing in the old testament i mean yeah we they prayed to God, but to actually be able to have this relationship, this personal relationship, and to actually be access the throne, right? And to actually come before him and be cleansed, right? And know yeah. that you're cleansed. You know, that's – we live in such an amazing time and have Lord. such an amazing privilege to yes. be able to do that. Yes, Here's the verse. It's Revelation chapter 1, um, verse 5 and 6. It says, To him, capital H, yeah. to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, verse 6, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. Oh, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 1, 5 and 6. Okay. So for the believer, you go into worship, you have access to the throne of grace, you have access to the man, more importantly, the man seated upon the throne of grace. It's Jesus. And he's currently ruling and reigning, and you have full access to him as much as you would like. Yeah. Because of what he's done for you on that cross, put his very own Holy Spirit into you. Okay? So we have access to his kingdom. Yes. We have access to his kingdom. We have access to his kingdom here. This is huge. Now. Yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> that's big to understand because it's like I I I run into like a lot of people who you know, they're kind of like, "Oh man, I can't wait to like just get to heaven and and be free of this and I can't wait to just like get out of here, right? I can't wait to be taken up. You can't wait to not say can't wait to die, but like can't wait to just be with the Lord. And I'm like, you can be with him right now. Like it's like like you don't have to wait for you to go to heaven when heaven literally came to you and you have access to it right now. Yes. You know? And so and oh, that's so huge to get because then it is. you're not gonna be of course, I mean, of course, you're gonna be living for like that longing of like being like there with Jesus, but it's like it's not, 
I, I promise you, you're going to have a lot more uh, joy in your life when you're like, wait, I can access, I can access it right now. Like yeah. it's here, it's in me, you know? Yeah. We have access to his kingdom because remember the verse in Hebrews, we have access to the throne of grace. And if you yeah. have access to the throne of grace, the man seated upon the throne of grace you have access to his throne. Guess where his throne is? Well, in his kingdom. Yeah. Well, that means you have access to his kingdom. Of course. Now. Yep. Now. And the reason why that's massive is because you're actually, it's your view of the cross. Yeah. It's your view of Jesus sent forth the Holy Spirit. So how do you view those things? Were they, did they, were they meaningless? Oh, we don't have much access. Well, that goes back to your view of the cross. Yeah. Our view of the cross is so exceedingly high and ridiculously valuable that Jesus accomplished so powerfully much. He yes. so much he did um, that we have access to his kingdom now. And here's the holistic picture is that we have access to his kingdom now. And then we get access to his kingdom in the future in the perfection of no sin, wickedness, destruction, yeah. or death. So yeah. it's this phrase already, but not yet. Yes. Wow. Which is a theme for, an intuitive theme for every believer. Yeah. That we get wow. to encounter. Jesus said, um, repent for the kingdom of God is at It's at hand. hand. It's at hand. Right. Yes. It's at hand. He's at the right hand of the Father. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just fun. Yeah. Yep. It's so good. And and, and his kingdom can be uh, defined in many ways, but one way of which I'll I'll... Uh, give language for it now is just accessing his leadership yeah and so because remember the holy spirit's in the body we have direct connection to his leadership his his kingdom realm his authority Hmm. he's directly shepherding because he's seated on his throne and he's shepherding through his holy spirit he's one with the the holy spirit yeah he's one with the holy spirit so jesus is not a liar and he said that I'll always be with you. And then he leaves and you're like, wait, how's he always going to be with us? Here right, you go. Right. The Holy, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, of course. Yeah. If because, the Holy Spirit didn't come, Jesus would have been a liar. But right. the Holy Spirit came. And right. here we are. And here's the little secret. Is um, Christ in you the hope of glory? Yeah. Okay. Slow that down. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh. <gasps> Wait a second. The hope of glory is in me. Jesus. Jesus. Christ in you. The hope. Think about that. Think about the phrase. The hope. I'm expecting. I'm waiting. I've got this hope. That's yeah. Gonna, it's It's in the future. Yeah. Hope. Of what? Glory. Of God. Glory. Of, of you're going to be in heaven forever to see Jesus in his perfection, in his transfigured glory. And guess what? Christ in you. Who's that? that's the holy spirit it's the holy spirit is so much one with jesus that he's called christ in you yeah (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) in another in another way to put it it's the holy spirit is so set on jesus preeminence that he's okay with be calling with being called christ in you right oh it's so good even just even just the existence and the essence of the Holy Spirit is exalting Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And so intuitively, it's very intuitive because the Holy Spirit is in the people, so that's easy. Christ yep. in you. So who's that? It's the Holy Spirit. He's in us. Right. And um, he is 
the guarantee, or he's the wedding, um, the um, engagement ring given to oh, yeah. the believer as the guarantee for what? Because we hope in the future glory of God. Yeah. So when he's That's given. So good. I love that. The, the engagement well, ring. Yeah. Yes. So good. When, when he's given to us, placed in us, it's, it's Christ in you. The hope we're hoping because we always wow. have this hope of see, being with the Lord, seeing him face to face. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. He's in the body. Okay. We've, that's some big stuff. Yeah. Um, what I want to do now is I want to shift gears. Now that we got all that gospel and uh, glorious things, I want to shift gears and, and turn to exposing a few things. Yeah. Okay. Because in order, order for us to really define our terms, one of the ways that we can define our terms or look into end time stuff with clarity is by exposing lies yeah. so that we can see what's actually true. Yep. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to expose the most common end times view. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this should be fun. It is. It's going to be crazy um, because the cultural conversation of end times um, is total bogus. Yeah. It's the worst. It's so bad. It's terrible. And the conversation around end times in our everyone, mainstream. Everyone, everyone has their own interpretation of it. And a lot of it isn't like, it's just kind of like, this is what I think will happen. And it, it's led to like, just, uh, you know, we have pre-trib, we have post-trib. It's like, you know, people believing different things. And it's like, it's like it seems on the surface it's like so hard to understand, but it's like, wait, you look at the life of Jesus and he makes it very simple. Um yes. and so we are hoping to kinda make it as simple as, as we can. Yep. So Okay. So let's expose um you've got three primary views of the uh end times. Yep. You've got um so whoever's listening just Stay with us for a second. I promise we're going to make this as simple as possible. Yes. You've got post-millennium. Mm-hmm. You've got all-millennium. And you've got pre-millennium. Okay? And those are the three primary end times views. Now, to describe it very simply and easy, if um, you've got post-millennial, post-post-millennialism, that is just a simple term to say that um, Jesus returns after... The millennium is over. Yeah, after okay. after the one thousand year reign. Yes, right. right, exactly. And where that is, Revelation twenty, uh, where that language of the thousand years. So yeah. So post, think about it. Post, well, after. So after post millennial. Well, post after the thousand. Okay. So after the thousand years, post millennialism, Jesus returns. Okay. Pre millennialism mm-hmm. is pre prior before. So prior to the millennium. Jesus returns. Right. And then Amil, Amillennialism, is, um, it's a, the thousand years is up for interpretation. Yeah. Um, so, awe, meaning, if you put that awe in front of millennialism, it means um, no millennium. Right. But we'll share. Anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to make some intentional shots fired, and uh, 
whittle whittle our options down here, and then expose the most common end times view or what it is. Yeah, we should. Probably, here we go. We should probably sort of post post millennialism. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So post millennialism is Jesus returns after the mm-hmm. physical, literal, and actual literal thousand years. Okay, yeah. and the reason why we're starting this one is because it's the easiest one to fire shots at, right? And to say that this is utter trash. And the reason why, because post millennialism says that currently, right now, well, a buy the book post millennialist will is saying that um, we are in perfection right now. Yeah, which that's a buy the book obviously. I mean, look, look at us. We're not like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So if one, if you go on the news right now and one person is murdered, then we're not the, we're not the millennium by right. their. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a common view of post-millennialism is actually common. You, you'll find it in different places, more charismatic places. And what it might sound like is something like this. Um, we believe that Jesus is going to return. Um, it's going to be like the, the whole world is going to become Christianized. The whole world is going to become Christian. Right. And um, everybody's going to see the truth for what it is, and then and then everybody's going to be saved on planet Earth. And once it's like just the, the – it gets brighter and brighter and brighter, and it's the brightest ever, and then once it's amazing and perfect on the Earth, Jesus returns. Yeah. And um, – that is, that couldn't be more opposite of what Jesus was saying. Right. Because he said in the end days, you can look in Matthew 24, you can look in Luke 21. He says there'd be wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, um, wickedness on the earth. There'd be a Second yeah. Thessalonians 2. There'd be a great falling away. The man of sin would be revealed. And um, it doesn't get brighter and brighter and brighter. Actually, it's darker. It, it yeah. gets darker and darker and darker. Mm-hmm. Just like Jesus said, he said, in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Yeah. And yeah. so the days of Noah were ridiculously dark. Yeah, and it's and that's why Jesus uh, very much uh, emphasizes always have your lamps burning and always be ready because they can come mm-hmm. like a thief in the night. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and it's like, why, you know, it's like, why would I have to have my lamps burning if uh, it's just going to get the days are just get brighter and brighter and brighter, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Right. So, so post mills out. It's, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of darkness in the earth. And so for the person that's um, believing post millennialism, what they typically, if you share this with them, they'll go, Oh yeah, but just wait, you know, wait, uh, you know, a few generations or so, and you'll see this thing turn around. And so what they have is they're, they actually have ultimately their hope in things getting better. Right. And um, I would say to that person, you don't have a suit of armor on. You've actually taken your armor off. As it wow. says in 1 Peter 4, verse 1, it says, arm yourselves to suffer in the flesh. Yeah. Put on, put on the armor. And this is the armor. Get ready to suffer like Jesus does. Yeah, but but for the person who's post mill, they're saying, and I, "Is it going to be easy? It's going to be amazing, and it's going to be super great. Everybody's going to be Christian, and the whole world is going to turn to Jesus." And um, that couldn't be more opposite of what Jesus is yeah. saying to us. Okay. Yep. 
So post mills out, and uh, we now have um, premillennialism and amillennialism. Um, let's tackle premillennialism. One of my favorite subjects to tackle. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one because uh, most, at least most Christians that I know, and uh, you know, a massive part of uh, you know the body of Christ uh, is going to fall into into the pre-tribulation, the pre-millennialism uh, category in terms of sure. like end time stuff, and so. We're going to kind of pick this apart, take some shots, and uh, it, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, that's all I'm going to say. So I, yes. I'm excited. <laughs> because in order for us to see clearly, we have to expose the lies that are yeah. all around us. And uh, this is the most common end times view is called pre-tribulation, pre-millennialism. Yes. And uh, to define the terms, what I just said... Pre-tribulation, meaning Jesus returns prior, pre the tribulation. Yep. And we're raptured out. And then premillennialism, Jesus returns prior to the, the physical, literal thousand years. Yeah. Okay. So this this is the most common end times view. Um, and here we go. So <clears throat> hang with us. Um, I'm just going to share the whole bit on pre-trib, pre-millennialism. This is the most common view that all of us have heard a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you've been around church, you probably have this sponged into you by just simply being around. Yeah. Um, because the majority of people, I would probably say 90% of people on the earth have this end times view. And uh, anyways, here we go. So number one, um, in pre-trib, pre-millennialism, uh, which is what Hollywood loves, by the way. Remember the books, um, Left Behind series? Left Behind. Uh, oh gosh, I mean, there's like movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you you know, you you've you've seen them out there, right? Left Behind is, is <laughs> definitely a big one. Um, yeah, but yeah, Hollywood loves this view of the end times. They love it. Mm-hmm. They're all about the jumping on board. Wow, this is amazing. The world loves this view. Okay, here we go. Right. Jesus will appear unannounced in a secret appearance. And he will rapture Christians currently alive on the earth. That's phase number one. Um, he won't come to the earth fully, but he'll return into the heavens with the true believers. The um, believers that were doing the most works. Right. They were going to church. They were walking holy. Um, this is where the term left behind comes from. Mm-hmm. Okay? And uh, it's a partial rapture. So he. this is this view, which... Um, you'll probably understand where we're going with this. Right. Uh, but we're going to be shooting holes in this. Um, and so it's a, he returns, but it's just a secret thing, um, which is where the term left behind came from. Yeah, and if, and, you're, uh, if you're like a quote-unquote uh, backslidden Christian, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're a Christian, but, uh, you know, you're not, you might not be doing as much as the other guy, or uh, you might, your faith might not be as strong as uh, your your brother or sister next to you, you're going to get left behind. Right. Weak right. believers get left behind. Strong believers are amazing, and they get the gold star. Yeah. Um, this is also, too, um, this is the easiest route in terms of the, the, the least amount of pain. 
And so we, in another uh, episode, I forget which one we did, but we talked about how all of us are, are bent on, um, avoiding pain at all costs. Yeah. And so this was created to avoid pain Mm. and make it nice and easy for your mind to be like, oh yeah, I don't have to go through any pain in my life and just escape and make it nice and easy. So, um, yeah, anyways, those that aren't doing enough. Um, they remain on the earth. Jesus takes the really strong believers that are going to church and tithing and doing all the works and stuff. Um, number two, directly after this secret rapture begins the seven-year period called the Great Tribulation. Um, the wrath of God gets poured out upon the non-believers, and the Antichrist will emerge as a world leader mm-hmm. uh, during this period. Um the Antichrist will establish a covenant with the people of Israel, promising peace and prosperity. And then three and a half years in to the seven-year tribulation period, the, the Great Tribulation, yep. he will break, break the, the covenant. covenant with mm-hmm. Israel and persecute the Jewish people on a global scale for the remaining 3.5 years. Now, for the person listening, you probably heard end time stuff. You probably heard a bit of this, like all oh, the yep. seven years, the seven three and a half years. Of tribulation, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Wait, just wait, and hold on. Hang on a second. We're going to get to the crazy details that you probably didn't know about. Is number three, the Battle of Armageddon. Jesus returns phase two and comes down to earth this time. Yeah. So a lot of people didn't know this. Um, this isn't common knowledge. Is that in the most common end times view, Jesus returns for a secret rapture, but then he returns then again he returns for a twice. second time. So he's coming three times? Like, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> So he comes, right, he would come for the Battle of Armageddon uh, down to earth this time. And it says uh, next in this view, it's um, all Gentiles who survived the tribulation will be judged. People who missed out on the rapture, these people will come and populate the earthly millennial kingdom. So so, um, those that were weak Christians, they missed out on the rapture the first time. Uh, Jesus comes and establishes uh, the the real thousand years, the literal thousand years. Yeah. And um, those weak believers would go and populate the earthly millennial kingdom and go into Jerusalem and into the city that Jesus has set up on the earth. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, next, when Jesus returns at the end of the Great Tribulation, there will be a bodily resurrection of Old Testament saints— and those believers who died during the seven-year Great Tribulation period, they too will enter into the earthly millennial kingdom, and at this time Satan will be bound for a thousand years. Okay, so if you're tracking, this is the most common in times where you've heard something like this in our popular mainstream culture. Right. The bodily res- resurrection of Old Testament saints. So think like, you know, Moses or Adam or whoever. Whoever, right. Yeah, and those, the believers that died during the seven-year Great Tribulation period, they'll enter into the Millennial Kingdom because they'll be raised and go into the city. Um, And then, yeah, Satan is bound for a thousand years, as they say. And then it says Jesus now begins his millennial reign, a physical, literal thousand years, and he'll ascend and set up a throne in Jerusalem. Um, And... Those that came into the millennial reign, into the kingdom, that were alive on the earth during the Great Tribulation, here's what's crazy, is they'll get married and they'll have children. Hmm. 
and they'll have extended lifespans. Actually, and I actually didn't know about uh, this this uh, point. That's why we're doing this yeah. today. Is because if we can expose the most common end times view, we can um, begin working through all the lies that we've been sold. So His, um, I'm just reading it again, yeah. So I'll say it again. Those that came into the millennial kingdom that were alive on the earth during the Great Tribulation, so the weakest believers, they come in and they, they get married during the millennial reign and they begin to have children. Uh, they also have extended lifespans. And at this time, this is crazy, Jesus apparently will reinstitute animal sacrifices. Wait, so where, where does that point come from i'm so curious because i don't know if i've ever heard that before uh it comes from if you study pre-trib pre-millennialism and if you look into the specific details of the view by the book um this is what you'll find interesting and this is so i'm yeah. just, i'm reading the notes as i as i studied through this and, and looked through this end times view because obviously like that point isn't uh isn't biblical like <laughs> at least it doesn't yeah yeah, it yeah doesn't it's, it's not like even it. close right. it's so much heresy it's ridiculous jesus said that so in the kingdom they'll need they'll neither be um be married or be given in marriage hmm. and so there's they're not having children um that that's that's what's crazy to me is this is almost straight out of like a jehovah's witnesses book right and which i'm going to share in a few minutes um but Jesus will reinstitute animal sacrifices at this time. Um, that is crazy heresy, and that's so many lies. It's ridiculous. That that's saying that he's going to reinstitute death and murder of animals during one thousand years he, of peace when he right. comes into the kingdom, right. and therefore his. His fulfillment of all the types and shadows of all the lambs and the sacrifices and the cows and the and the goats that were right. sacrificed, that were leading up to the ultimate fulfillment, which is himself. Right. Um, he will reinstitute apparently animal sacrifices and say, you know, actually it wasn't enough. Yeah. That yeah, that part alone just kind of says like Well, the cross wasn't enough. Time for some more animal sacrifices and you know, we're back to square one essentially. Yeah. You know. And he's gonna like go back to the old covenant all of a sudden. Yeah. So the the Very new strange. one needs replaced apparently again or something or added. Dude, it's ridiculous. So so get this, it gets crazier. It's just straight out of Jehovah's Witnesses book. The children that are born during the millennial reign, they'll get saved and they'll become believers. But but think about this, mm-hmm. because Jesus will be physically on the earth because he'll ascend, he'll set up a throne in Jerusalem. Oh, they, right. They will become believers, not, not by, by faith, faith, but by sight. Right. But by sight. So they won't be like, they won't have a testimony like us at all. It was, yeah, I just believe because, yeah, I just, I, there he is. I mean, I just, I don't know. They weren't saved by faith like everybody else, but they were just saved because they. Wow. That's weird. I, You know, I never thought about that because, of course, like people are going to be, you know, getting married, having kids. And it's like, wait, where's like. You know, we see, like, you see Jesus on the throne, but it's like, where's the faith aspect of it? It's like the faith aspect is completely gone. Yep. Wow. And and their testimony is different. And so what what happens? That that's weird. I mean, we're getting into some strange, weird lies. 
Right. At the end of the thousand-year reign, Satan will be apparently released. He'll gather all unbelievers, the children that were deceived in the millennial reign, um, and the unbelievers will be resurrected for eternal judgment. All the believers that died during the millennium, they'll be resurrected as well. And um, that's whenever there'll be the, um, the you know, where it says what people believe is that, you know, Satan will be released and he'll bring every nation against right. the Lord. And um, and so the he would deceive even believers. Well, where they get that theology and that idea is that he'll deceive the people that were in the millennial kingdom. Right. right. And so now they can be... They weren't safe, really. They weren't truly saved because they can be deceived again, and then right. So, nobody's nobody's safe. Right. So it's all a lie, basically. It's all a farce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if you think about it, it causes it causes such works because you would have to make sure that you're truly saved. How would you do that? You would have to become the best person ever, and you'd have to try to keep Even yourself and try to one, keep your 1, salvation. Years of peace and like no whatever no sin no darkness 1000 years of peace but we still have to keep ourselves holy safe, i got to keep myself right yeah it doesn't and, make sense right and it'd be a thousand years of freaking stress yeah because you're like i don't know if i'm going to be deceived or not i don't know i don't know am i am i truly yeah. saved i don't even know wow no there will be no assurance of salvation apparently in this end times view that's crazy interesting yeah when you really think about that like yeah, that's like that's true because it's like again, like if if it says, you know, Satan's gonna turn all the nations against the Lord, it's like, wait, am I gonna be a part of that? It's like, wait, no, like it's you don't know, like in this viewpoint, you actually don't know if yeah. you know you are gonna be like deceived or not. I, it, it's really funny stuff, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it scare it scares people into works, is what it does. Yeah. Yep. Better watch out because you can you're gonna lose your salvation if you get deceived. Like Yeah. What so what do you have to do? Well you just have to make sure that you're like tithing, going to church. And I and keep doing those things. Those are things are great. Yeah. But but to do those to try to achieve your salvation and make sure that you get into the kingdom forever yeah. and now now you're safe because you kept yourself, that's blasphemy against the cross. Yeah. That's heresy. That's wicked. And uh that's spitting in the face of Jesus. Um, wow. for what he's done and the beauty of what he's accomplished for us as a free gift. We have God's favor as a free gift, not because we earned it, not because we kept ourselves. Uh, just a little side note here. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 is one of my favorites. It says that Jesus himself has become our wisdom from God. He's become our sanctification. That's it right there. That's it. And uh, he's the reason that I am sanctified as holy, not me. And um, he's the reason that I'm becoming holy-er. Not because of me, but because he is my sanctification. In his hands is my process of sanctification. So good. It's not, if we were the solution, then then Jesus would not have had to come. You know, it's not not me, right? Right, right. It's all by grace. It's by his grace and by his power and by his leadership and his initiative it's not by me whatsoever devoid of all power in this area all power in this area um 
And so then at the here's the end view here is that the great white throne judgment. And uh, you better make sure you're doing enough works, man, because this is a freaking tough thing to pass. <laughs> and uh, you better make sure that you're pleasing the Lord because you're going to get kicked out instantly. If yeah. you, you better step on eggshells around the throne because God doesn't like you even a little bit. You wow. better be terrified out of your mind of, of this God that is this impersonal force that's ready to damn you at, at the split second if you do anything wrong. Watch yeah. out. Wow. And that's why people are so terrified about the Great White Throne Judgment. Yeah. First John chapter right. First John chapter four um, is on the day of judgment. We have no need to shrink back for um fear has to do with punishment and we won't be punished before yeah. God because He took our punishment. He, exactly. Yeah. With Jesus. Yeah, we got so, we got about uh eight minutes left. Uh okay. so yeah, we can probably uh we can probably uh kind of wrap up real quick uh i guess everything that we just talked about and kind of talk about like what we what we think um, sure yeah so so let me let me do this in our last few minutes yeah um i'm gonna read the definition in the dictionary of the millennium okay okay and it says this the millennium is in the book of revelation remember this is in the dictionary secular in the book of Revelation, it is foretold that the faithful to Jesus will reign with Jesus over the earth for a, for a thousand years. The meaning of these words have been much debated. Some denominations, i.e. Jehovah's Witnesses, expect it to be a thousand years of justice and peace and happiness. Wow. So I didn't put that, i.e. I didn't add that in my own words. That was in right, the dictionary. That, that's I'm actually it. in the dictionary, yeah. Y- yes. So the Jehovah's Witnesses... Um, for the person listening, are pre-millennial. Wow. They believe yeah. mm-hmm. that um, Jesus didn't do anything to ha- give us access to the kingdom of God or to yeah. the throne of grace, that mm-hmm. the cross was terrible. He didn't do anything at all. And his blood doesn't work. His blood doesn't cleanse. It's all by your works. So you got to make sure that you do it because Jesus didn't do anything for you. And wow. um, then... We're waiting for the kingdom to come for the very first time. Um, Jesus is going to return. He's going to bring the kingdom. That's Jehovah's Witnesses theology. Yeah. That is premillennial. Jesus is, they think that he's going to return and then you'll be able to enter into the kingdom. And that's why this sounds like Jehovah's Witnesses theology is because they're getting, having children and then they're, they're reinstituting the animal sacrifices and then people that are born of the weak believers, they'll be deceived, I guess, and you got to keep yourself by your own works. It it has a Jehovah's Witnesses sort of feel, a Mormon sort of feel yeah. to it. Um, and I'll finally, I'm going to uh, just totally demolish premillennialism here, um, which is, um, if you can't tell by now, it's all lies. And what we've done is we've taken premillennialism and we've actually repackaged it nicely and removed all the details so that everybody believes this. And that's the most common in times view. But here's where it started, and I'll just read this and then we'll end. Um, but it says this, um, Premillennialism um, is by far the most common form um, of end times views existing today. As explained, um, this view originated in the serendipitous meeting of a Bible teacher 
looking for justification for his views on Israel Hmm. and a charismatic vision in which God revealed to a young lady in Scotland that Christ was going to return secretly for his church prior to his general return. The Bible teacher, John Nelson Darby, was in the process of developing a viewpoint founded on the idea that God has two covenants and two peoples, Jews and Christians. God deals completely separately with each at different periods or dispensations of history. Darby believed that God sent Christ to establish a literal earthly kingdom and that the foundation of this kingdom was laid in the four Gospels, which are directed to the Jews and not to the church. Hmm. Uh, there's so many lies here, by the way. It's even it's so ridiculous to even say. Um, but Yeah, the, so whatever, just, if, if anyone, again, if anyone I you know identifies as believing in like pre-trib this is where this originated from yes yeah this is where yes. this is coming from mm-hmm. and so um, yeah like i honestly like the biggest like red flag for me is like the bible talks about the second coming of jesus but according to pre-trib theology there's three comings it sounds like and so it's like wait hang on that's already like a it's already a red flag you know what i mean yep for sure. So. There's so many holes in this. And that's why people say you'll never understand this stuff is because the lenses which they have on yeah. are all lies of what mm-hmm. they've been given. Yeah. And so you can't understand it because it's all lies. So therefore, it's all confusing. Anyways, the last part here, um, it says, When the Jews crucified Christ, instead of crowning him, God came up with a plan B, which was the cross. <laughs> um, it's terrible. Yeah. It says, the, cro- it says the, the cross wasn't plan B. Like, plan A. Yeah, it's always been, and even like, uh, like just the Old Testament, even even the stars, bro, even the 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 sky, prophesized the cross and and the and just everything, man. I mean, it's yeah. like it's everywhere. So it's like, how can it be? How can it be Plan B? Like God wasn't caught by surprise when Adam and Eve ate from the tree. Right. It wasn't. It was, Jesus was always the plan. That's right. Um, and it says the resurrection and the creation of the church. It says the New Testament from partway through Acts onward applies to the church. The church, however, is only a parenthesis to the purposes of God, which deal mainly with the Jewish people. So the Gentiles are just, you know, whatever. God doesn't really care that much. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> um, it says Darby was puzzling over how to remove the church from the equation so that God could revert to his original plan, as outlined in the Gospels, when he struck oil with the young woman's vision. It was a charismatic vision that this woman came up with. Wow. Um, it says uh, Christ would return secretly and take the church out so that God could fulfill his original plan to have Christ rule over the Jewish nation from Jerusalem in an earthly, literal thousand years in which the whole system of the temple sacrifice existing at the time of Jesus would be restored. Uh, this these theologians such as Lewis Sperry Chafer and John Walford um, had their teaching popularized in the 1970s by Hal Lindsey in the best-selling book The Late Great Planet Earth. Later, Jerry Jenkins and Tim LaHaye produced a series of novels and fictional films illustrating the same ideas revolving around the theme Left Behind, mm. and that's why it became so popular. Yeah, so that's. That's the um, the idea here. Anyways, that is 
all the lies of premillennialism, and that's what um, almost every single person believes, is a sugar-coated, candy-coated, outside, quick version of that. Yeah. And um, we will have no part in the hundreds of lies that we just expressed. Right. Whatsoever. And so next time... I hate to end here, honestly. Yeah, it's 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 rough ending on a cliffhanger, right? Because it's like we expose all this stuff, but it's like now, like what? So what's like what's like the right view? Like what do like what do we believe, right? And so yeah. like what? And so yeah, we uh, unfortunately we we are on it's, we are at the hour mark, but uh, we definitely need some time to kind of unpack, uh, you know, like kind of like what we see in all of this. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, again, hate to end it here. Um, but hey, look forward to the story part six because we're going <laughs> to, that's, uh, that's where we're going to, we're going to drive it home. Uh, that's right. And I'm very excited because honestly, uh, when Robert broke this down to me like a long time ago, it was so simple and it's, it's meant to be simple. You know, that's right. Um, because we're again, we're we're going to be going off of strictly what the Bible is saying, uh, in terms of like the end time stuff, right? In terms of like what's at like Jesus's second coming and what that actually means, you know. And uh, yeah, so we're excited. Um, definitely an interesting spot to end, but definitely a uh, some food for thought for sure. You know, some for things sure. to think about. Um, because there's even some stuff that you were saying that I honestly, I was like, wait, I don't remember. I never even heard that before, you know? And so I was just kind of thrown off. I was like, wait, that's kind of crazy that that's what, you know, like some of these things fall into this, uh, pre-trib, post-trib theology. And it's like, wait, and Mm -hmm. then you think about it. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how can there be a thousand years of this, a thousand years of peace if, you know, if we yeah, still yeah. have to work for you, right? So it's, uh, yeah, definitely a lot <laughs> to think about. And, uh, um, it is, yeah, definitely. Well, I hope that yeah. the, uh, the people listening, I hope this, um, was interesting enough. We compiled the most, um, intuitive, easy ways to expose the lies. Yeah. Um, so that it was just simple and you're like, wait, okay, so that's the most common in times of you. All right. Well, listen, um, I'm going to pray and finish this out here. Yeah. And uh, we love you guys so much. Um, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, for access to you freely by your Son and through his blood. Thank you, Lord, Mm. that each person listening, that we all, because of what your Son has done, we repent, we trust in we. Jesus, you've done, and we have your biggest smile. Um, before we did anything holy, we had your biggest smile, wow. your highest favor. And Lord, um, after we did something bad, hmm. it's scandalous. Thank you, Jesus. We had your favor is because it can't be removed. It's the blood of Jesus. And we honor you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done, that our salvation is sure and our sin is removed from our life account, period. Mm. Holy Spirit, given 
period, down payment. Lord, we honor you, we bless you, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, above all things, Lord, as we expose lies, we, um, we ask for your truth to be seen and exposed, Lord, in our hearts and replaced instead of lies that we've been given. Wow. And so, Lord, we look forward to um, talking about the glory of and the ease of end time stuff. We honor you, Jesus. We love you so much. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yo, man, what a, what an episode this was. Um, wow. Yeah. Powerful stuff. And uh, again, we love you guys so much. Um, until next time, uh, which will be the story part six. This will The next one will be the final part of this little The Story series. Uh, until the next one, I'm Andy Burnett, and with me, I'm Robert Capuano. That's right, and we'll see you next time. Take care.